In our first reading, spectacular reading, the disciples are all together in one place, in Jerusalem, where Jesus expected them to wait for the one, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter, he calls it by many names, the one he promised he would send them. They're staying close by the temple where they worship every day while they wait on this promised big event. And for them, it's been 50 non-Sabbath days since the Passover, 50 for us since Easter. It's the Jewish festival called Shavuot, a festival of the harvest, which was called in Greek Pentecost. (laughs) It's one of three major Jewish festivals still celebrated. It actually began Friday evening, as a matter of fact. This rushing of a violent wind and the tongues of something like fire that rest on the tops of the heads of the disciples happen on this Jewish Pentecost holiday, a great time for the Holy Spirit to make an appearance. The crowd in Jerusalem is something like the one that will gather for the Country Music Association Festival in the streets of Nashville in a little over a week. Last year, an estimated 80,000 from all 50 states and 39 countries filled Nissan Stadium and Lower Broadway for the annual country music pilgrimage. In that Acts story, faithful Jews come from at least 15 different parts of the world, from Rome to Africa to the breadth of the Middle East and Asia Minor, to offer sacrifices for the successful grain harvest and to celebrate with feasting and wine, gathered in Jerusalem, where, if you have visited, you walk through these canyons of narrow Roman stone-paved streets lined with brick or stone structures a couple of stories high on either side. Great acoustics. And boom, the sound of a violent wind comes roaring through the house where the disciples are staying. Now, in the original language, the Greek of these words, this phrase, it carries the sense of a wind strong enough to bear weight, something heavy like persons born in a ship over the sea. Those words are used in phrases like that, a wind with force and speed. In the fall of my sixth grade year, my family lived in New Orleans and was facing the meteorologist's predictions of what would spin up in the Gulf of Mexico into Hurricane Betsy. Native New Orleanians pulled out the plywood to cover windows or left town altogether to stay with friends or relatives a little farther north. Many of our suburban neighbors had plywood, but some of us just had masking tape so that if your windows did break from flying debris or the weird pressure implosion that happens sometimes, the glass wouldn't scatter shards everywhere. Sounds kind of yikes, doesn't it? My dad had grown up in coastal Texas, and he figured we would ride this out. The night Betsy hit, my parents pulled all four twin bed mattresses out of my and my sister's rooms, laid them out in our T-shaped interior hallway, closed the bedroom doors and the door to the hallway, closed us into into this hallway space, and turned on the transistor radio. The 110 mile an hour winds and the tornadoes spawned in neighborhoods like mine were violent. The proverbial freight train sound people talk about, it's amazing. (laughs) 
and not so fearful because of my dad's dad face, (laughs) his spirit-given courage despite his own deep misgivings, he would tell you to this day he had about what he'd gotten us into by not leaving town. The disciples know in those moments of the mighty rushing wind and the tongues of fire that they see on each other's heads that this is what Jesus promised. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, that word being the same as breath, the breath of God, the spirit that hovered over the face of the deep in the beginning and began to effect the organization of chaos and the creation of this world when God speaks it into being. Some in the vast crowds in the streets see those tongues of fire on these 12 men's heads, fire that does not consume like the bush God lights up to catch Moses' attention. But they all hear these 12 men, hear them speaking in their own language with a particular kind of country bumpkin Galilean accent, dozens of languages. What the disciples proclaim are God's deeds of power, like the power to draw people together in love, like the power to heal the sick, cure the diseased, restore sight to the blind, and to raise a perfect man from the dead so all the world might now live eternally with God if they put their trust in him. Spectacular. Peter follows up the preaching of God's deeds of power with words these thousands of faithful Jews would know well, words from the prophet Joel, who wrote hundreds of years earlier, wrote the prediction of God's spirit being poured out on all people in the last days, in the day of the Lord, the days when God would decisively return to intimate relation with God's people. This is the day. Here is God's spirit, Peter tells them. And a little beyond this passage, when the people ask what they should do, what do we do about it, Peter makes the first altar call, I guess you'd say. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise for you and for all far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. About 3,000 were baptized that day. Our thirst for living water in these times of extreme climate events, divisive politics and rampant violence, that thirst is deep. And it is slaked in our faith in Jesus Christ who calls us to radical love of neighbor, to feed the hungry, to give drink to the thirsty, to invite strangers in, to clothe the ragged, to look after the sick and to visit the imprisoned. These things... Jesus tells us in Matthew's gospel, are the entrance right into God's kingdom, eternal life. This is the doing of the gospel. In the collect this morning, we prayed to God to shed abroad the gift of the Holy Spirit throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel. The theologian Edward Skilebeck described the church as the sacrament of the presence of Christ, the sacrament of the presence of Christ. Because of Pentecost, the Spirit-filled community has the life of God as its life. And God's Holy Spirit pours out not just on the apostolic leaders, but on everyone. This preaching of the gospel, it's a shared task, not just mine. In the baptismal covenant, we make a series of promises. 
We're about to do that. We are asked to pledge to live gospel lives, to live like apostles, to resist evil and make a practice of repentance, to proclaim the gospel with all our lives, to love all our neighbors, and to strive for justice and peace and the dignity of all. We promise to live that gospel life with God's help. In your life in Christ, as part of the body of the baptized, you bear the gift of the Holy Spirit like a ship on high seas in this beaten up world. Look around you. The work of the Spirit is at work in the world, in and around and between and among and all through us. You are even now working on the welcome of your new rector, that family, preparing to expand your mission here and abroad, renewing the face of your ministry as the Spirit leads. And we are baptizing these four little ones this morning in the mighty rush of joy and hope in God's promise of eternal life. They are about to be made full members of the body of Christ. And we will look to them to prophesy, as Peter says. In other words, to tell us the truth. I thank God for the gift of Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to bind us together in love that transcends logic, the powers of destruction in the world, the differences between us. I thank God for Jesus' loving men and women in Galilee and in Jerusalem and sending them out to every race and nation to the ends of the earth, to infinity and beyond, <laughs> to spread the flame of reconciliation and forgiveness and eternal life from person to person, across time and great distances until it reached me and you. Among the last words in Holy Scriptures are these in the book of Revelation. The Spirit says, come. And let those who hear say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let them come. And whoever wishes, let them take the free gift of the water of life. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And soon, at the end of this service, the Holy Spirit will shoo us out into the world to see and point out the signs of God's life to others. It will sound like this. Let us go forth into the world, rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Alleluia, alleluia. Amen.